Well, again, just recapping a little bit, we've started out on a series called Faith Works. We remember we said that if someone says to you, how's your faith going? You should say, where's your faith? You should say, my faith's working. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, we come into the Christian life by faith. According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, we should all know that verse because that's the one where we lead people to Jesus with. You know, you need to believe in your heart and confess through your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's a prayer of salvation right there. When someone's believing in their heart and confessing with their mouth, that action of faith, that two actions, believing and speaking, brings salvation and brings about the the, uh, fulfillment of that promise in your life and in our lives. It was for me. I did it in a baptism tank in 1983, April. Actually, it was 1st of May. I thought it was April, but it's 1st of... I just saw my baptism uh, certificate again for the first time for a while. And it was actually the 1st of May. I've been saying April for a while. But um, it's that believing and speaking. And I I did it in a baptism tank. Other people will do it standing in the street. Some people will receive uh, when they come down the front at at the beginning of church or at the end of church and and they'll say that prayer and they'll believe it. They'll believe in their heart and confess with their mouth and that brings salvation. And, um, you know, uh, I I enjoyed going to the conference as well. Just mentioned a little bit about conference and I took one of the sessions this year at the Glory Conference and, and of course, I used... uh, I might have mentioned it last week, but I used my pop-up tent just to uh, uh, illustrate that point, that when we receive the Word of God, we also need to release it. And I took my, I took my, my tent, my pop-up tent out of my bag and tossed it out across the uh, auditorium. And of course, it popped up as a perfect illustration of how and what happens when we believe the Word of God and then we release it. It takes form. It takes shape. Of course, the fun was for some of the people who were trying to put it back in its bag afterwards. I, I had to come to their aid because pop-up tents, of course, you know, you've got to lot, you know, watch at least three or four uh, uh, YouTube videos to watch how it's done because the instructions that come with it are useless. You know, they're really just pictures and you go, what, 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 what's that one, you know, and you sort of play with it. But I, I'm now a believer. I'm now a total believer in pop-up tents. And now we're going to sort of maximise and see if we can get one for the whole family, you know. And uh, we'll get Rose camping after all, eh? Just, <laughs> just, just as a note, uh, Johnston and I moved our shed, just one of them. We've got two sheds. We, sh- we, we shifted one of those tents yesterday. We're moving house at the moment. And, uh, and of course, there was tent after tent after tent after tent. We've never used any of them. <laughs> and, and of course Rosie was going to make a killing online because we're telling her to sell those ones because we want pop-ups so um, but anyway we had to move those and we've got a whole shelving system that's full of these tents that Rosemary's picked up on buy swap sell you know <laughs> she, she reckons she forgot that she bought one well there you go so um, and then we found another one we thought we had them all and then we found another one and we go here's another one look at this but anyway our releasing the Word of God is the praying and saying part. And uh, what we understand so far in this series, and we just recap a little bit, is that we don't stop using our faith at the point that we come to salvation. We're to go on living by faith. And three times the New Testament says the just, that's us, listen to Jess's uh, wonderful uh, communion message this morning, will tell you we're the justified, you know, justified by faith. And, and, you know, 
three times the Bible says, the New Testament says, the just shall live by faith. That one translation says, the just shall live by their faith. So it just tells you, you need to live by your faith now. It's a way of life. And um, if we look at it in uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 through to 17, we just again look at that. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Then it says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. We go from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And uh, two other times are in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. It's Galatians 3, 11, if you're taking notes. And Hebrews 10, 38. And if you remember rightly, Jesus taught faith is like a servant that we need to keep on task. Faith is like that servant that is kept on task. And uh, we looked at that in Luke chapter 17 and uh, verse 6 to 8. And so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it should obey you. And then, you know, this teaching that Jesus was, was bringing was that when our faith is working, it can command natural things and those natural things will obey you. This is what Jesus was teaching. You know, faith even the size of a mustard seed will bring a change. What is it about a mustard seed that Jesus used it as an illustration of how faith can work? What is it about a, 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 a mustard seed? Well, it's, it's, it's certainly he used it because of its size. It's a little, little thing, you know, and you can blow that mustard seed off your, off your finger. Mustard seed faith is about purity. A mustard seed is all mustard. Even though it's little, it's all mustard. We'll get to that and we'll explain that a little bit more. But faith that works needs to be all faith. It can't be mixed in with doubt and unbelief. That's not what I'm talking about today, but just make a note about it. It's all mustard. In other words, it's all faith. 100% faith. So let's read on. And in Luke chapter 16, verse 7 to 8, it says again, Which of you, having a servant, ploughing or tending sheep, will say to him, this is a, a, a sheep and wheat farm, no doubt, uh, ploughing and tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat, but will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk. And afterward you will eat and drink. Okay. What we should learn from this passage is this. Faith will work if we put it to work. Faith will work if we put it to work. It's up to us. You know, and I've worked on wheat and sheep farms. My, uh, my father's sister uh, was farming in Wongan Hills as I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And we would go up and, uh, and have our holidays, school holidays, working on the farm. And, and uh, you know, not too much because we were kids. We'd go off and play. And uh, it was great. It was an adventure. And farms are great places to go when you're growing up. And... Uh, but, uh, you know, out there in the, uh, you know, the paddocks, you'd see the, you know, the different seasons and things that I'd be doing. And, and eventually I did actually get a job working on a farm in my, uh, 
uh, would have been my uh, early, uh, my late teens, actually, in my late teens, I went and got a job on a farm, uh, just a season, it was the seeding season, and I went out to a place called Holliton and, uh, and worked there uh, with, a, with a farmer, an Italian farmer, who I really enjoyed because he made his own wine, actually, and um, so it, I kind of enjoyed that part of it, and of course they'd sit there and have Italian food, and of course Rosemary's Italian, she knows what I'm talking about, and, um, and of course we would, uh, uh, you know, enjoy the, the fellowship afterwards, but then hit the, the unemployment agency sent two people and the other guy lied about how he'd had previous experience and so he got the job and so I was like the, you know, the loose part and so they, um, they gave the job, uh, they then said oh there's a farmer down the road uh, and he's looking for a, uh, someone to come and help him on a seeding season. So I went there and of course he had new land and he didn't have a house, he just had a shed. I slept on the, uh, in the copper room, which is where they heated up the water for baths. So I was in the bathhouse, that's where I stayed for the whole time. It's a pretty rough, rough time. But I, the first thing I learned working for that farmer is, is that you don't come home from the farm until the sun is setting. You get up at sunset, you're on the paddock at sunset, and you come home when the, uh, I should say, at sunrise, and then you're back in the paddock. Uh, back from the paddock only at sun I came back at five o'clock the first uh, uh, day and uh, he quickly told me he says you don't come back until the sun's setting and uh, then you come back uh, from the paddock and so in other words I knew and I felt what, what this scripture is about the servant which is our faith doesn't come back until the job is done you know and uh, we need to, we need to uh, 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 recognize we should have a list of tasks for our faith you know, and right now, uh, what our faith is currently working on. Have you got a list of tasks, you know, that your faith is out on? Have a mental list, uh, list at least. But if you're just starting out on the life of faith, make a list of your faith tasks and make sure that your faith doesn't come back in until the job is done. It's out there working, corresponding to the word of God, you know, the promises, those truths and promises that you're standing on. Have them out. And that's through believing them and releasing them by faith. Every day, just, you know, thanking the Lord for those promises coming to pass in your life. Every day, just keep them out. Keep them out there working. Don't be one of those ones that go, well, I've been believing for 10 years and nothing's happened. So I don't know that I'm going to keep believing God when it's been taken 10 years. Don't be one of those. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Don't, don't be impatient and bring your faith back in. What are you believing for? Believe for something bigger. You know, the Lord wants us to live that way. He wants to show himself um, uh, capable on our behalves. Write them down so you know which tasks still need to be completed. And, uh, and I can vouch, I did this. I did this in my own life and of course it was a, a life changing uh, way back there in the, uh, the mid 80s. So where we're going to today is a way in which we set our faith on task. It's those, it, remember, it's those two actions that we should be focusing on, both believing and our speaking. In other words, you're praying and you're saying. You know, your declarations and your decrees are also powerful and mighty in God. Mark 11. I'm not sure if I got this up there. No, I didn't get this up there. Mark 11. And in verse uh, 23 to 24, it says, For assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus talking, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. 
You know those scriptures. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. So there's the saying part and the praying part definitely being covered by what Jesus is teaching. Don't worry, that's a, that's a, oh, it was there. Oh, okay. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall what? Have them, you know. And if you remember rightly, one of the keys to our faith working in our lives is how we respond to the word of God. That's the believing part. And I really want to focus on that a little bit. And let's just back up and check that we, we hear, the God, you know, hear the word of God right. It's an important part to consider is because faith comes by hearing. Okay? Faith comes by hearing. Have you heard the word of the Lord today? Have you? You know, um, hearing the word of God is him actually maybe speaking to you or maybe a scripture that you're reading really sort of jumps up out of the page at you. That's a good thing. You know, to be hearing the word on a daily basis, knowing what the Lord's saying to you. And uh, it's an important part to consider because faith comes by hearing. So if I have faith, it's because I have heard. All right. And if I have heard, it's because I've heard the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says very clearly, tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how we receive the word of God impacts on the formation of faith, how we hear it. Amen. So after teaching the parable of the sower and the disciples wanted an explanation, and let's look at what Jesus says. It's so important to see this actually, very, very important to see this part. Then Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? They didn't understand it. They wanted to understand what this parable meant. And then he says, then, Notice this. He says, then how will, you not how will you understand all the parables? He was saying, if you don't understand this parable, you're going to have a problem with the other parables. And of course, the question that we've got to ask is, why is that? Because this parable is about how we receive the word of God. You see, you're not going to believe the word if you don't receive the word. How you receive the word of God is so very, very important. And this parable is all about this. This parable teaches us that, uh, you know, uh, that, that how we receive the word of God is going to impact on the formation of our faith. How, our, uh, you know, we, we try and release the word of God, it's not going to take form if we haven't believed it. We haven't, and we're not going to believe it if we haven't received it right. So let's look at that again. You see the parable contains actually different soil types. Another one for the farmers today. I don't know why that is, but here's another one for the farmers today. It's about different soil types that are explained as heart conditions. Now, I'm not talking about physical heart conditions. If you've got some type of heart condition, we'll pray for you. No question about that. But this is a soil type, a heart condition. In other words, a precondition that you have when the word of God comes or can actually start because of the word. And you watch it, we'll talk about that. The, let's just look at the first one in, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, the sower sows the word. God is putting his word out. God is sowing his word out into our lives, around the world. The word is being sent. He sent his word and healed them, the Bible says. We understand that God's a sower of the word. And, you know, our reception of it is so important. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside. So this is the wayside soil where the word is sown. 
when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why would the devil do that? Yeah. Why would he do that? Because he knows what the word will do in a believing heart and more importantly, a speaking mouth. It'll bring about God's will and his purpose. So he, Satan, comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. I mean, I've asked myself probably many times how that works. How does Satan come and take that, that word that was sown on the wayside? Now, the, the wayside soil is the bit where the road is. And the seed just doesn't, it can't get in. It just sits on the surface. That's the wayside soil. This is this soil where Satan immediately comes and just takes that. Did I get that up there? Yeah. And it says, it, it, you know, the, the thing is, is that the devil knows, he knows that faith in your heart, spoken out of your mouth, what it can do. You know, he knows kingdom principles. He's been up there. He knows how that works. He knows how that, you know, proposition works entirely. And of course, what is the devil's chosen weapon? Lies. Deception. You know, um, uh, misdirection. He'll use all of those things to get us off the word, to get us from not receiving the word and not allowing it to be spoken from our lives. You know, we need to believe it, we need to receive it, and then we need to speak it, say it, pray it. And of course, he uses lies and deceptions. And just remember that the, you know, the, the devil's original uh, uh, approach to Adam and Eve was what? Has God said? To get, you know, to get people questioning God's word, questioning what the word says, questioning what God's saying to you, you know, what, what the outcome of that will be. And, and uh, we need to see that, that our best defense against a lie is what? The truth. Amen. And hearing the word on a regular basis, uh, choosing regular church attendance, it won't hurt. Uh, for yourself and for your family is one way to resist the lies of the enemy because always receiving that word. And we stay tight in the pack. You know, I tell you who's, who's at risk. It's the fringe dwellers. All right? They're, they're the ones that are at most risk. The fringe dwellers. Mm, you know, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 8, and I like this verse. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the, the, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in what? The faith. Wow. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world who does the devil go for the ones that stay on the fringes the ones that are not really all in yeah vulnerable amen you know i like um sorry i didn't get that one the lukewarm ones too amen uh, what i like uh, occasionally is watching animal kingdom documentaries but the ones that i hate is when you've got the little baby giselle <laughs> separated from the flock and you know that the lion's going to be in the next uh the next slide you know sitting there behind the bush and the little giselle is i hate that part you know i can't bear to watch i'll be honest call me a softie if you like but you know bambi's just about to meet the lion that's going to make a meal out of bambi and and i honestly i i can't stand it you know i don't care david attenborough sitting there narrating away you know 
oh yes, just, uh, I can't do David Attenborough, so I won't try. But you know, yes, just watch the speed of the lion, you know, and the, Giselle doesn't know what he's even doing, you know, and I, I, I sit there and I go, as a pastor, I think, I go, oh, you know, that the enemy's out to get those that are on the fringes and uh, the weak, the young. And I don't want to watch, you know, but I tell you what, I will pray. And we do pray, you know, in this church. We pray for the young ones in the Lord. We pray for those that are, you know, perhaps vulnerable. And um, that's the way the devil works, lying and deceiving to separate the young, the immature believer, and then he devours. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. He comes with a lie. You make sure you counter with the word of God. You make sure you come back with that defense. When... The, de- uh, the devil came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. What did Jesus counter with? The word of God. You can read it yourself. Of course, then we move on to the stony ground. And I like to read about the stony ground as well because it says these likewise in Mark chapter 4, 16 and verse 17. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And, you know, you've got to watch out for stumbling. Usually, stumbling comes from what? Offences, doesn't it? You know, usually there's an offence, something that happened, an event, an occurrence, something and it causes us to stumble. And it's like trying to get ourselves back onto the pathway that God has for us. Is a, is a struggle. And, you know, we need help. We need a, those around us to pray for us, get us back up on our feet and walking straight again. But just notice this, and I've highlighted it. I think I've highlighted it there as well. Look what afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Just look at that part. It arises. The reason it comes is because of the word. The reason it's, it, it's designed is because of the word of God in your life. You've received the word of God and now tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. In other words, the design is to cause you to stumble and not be able to fulfill your path, not able to continue on your way with the Lord. And it's just worth realising that when we are facing trouble, just hold on to the word, hang on to that scripture, hang on to that promise of God because it's... Those troubles and, and, and difficulties that we're facing are actually for the word's sake. To get that word out of your mouth, to get that word out of your heart. Say, so, oh, this is no good, this just doesn't work. Watch out for that stumbling. And the last one, th- not the last one, this next one is thorny ground. Chapter 4 and verse 18 to 19, it says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. You know, a dedication to the life of the natural will distract us from the word of God and the supernatural. And of course, you know, it's work in our life. And of course, you know, if we let it, if we let it, a dedication to the, you know, the life of the natural. Who's heard of the rat race? You'll never win it. Okay. You'll never win it. So just stop with the rat race. Keeping up with the Joneses is another one. All right? That's the deceitfulness of riches with just an acute name. That's what that is. 
the cares of this world where we would worry about our station in life and how we look and how we are perceived by others more so than where we stand with God and you know his purposes and how committed we are to what he's doing in our lives getting ahead okay and as I mentioned it before during the, the offering the Lord doesn't mind us having things as long as things don't have us sister so-and-so gets a new SUV and so you know all of a sudden I need one too it's kind of funny when you start sort of reflecting on how those thoughts actually do come I like um, I like the saying that says that you know don't compare yourself to others compare yourself to who you were and who you want to become it's a good it's a good saying and just keep rising just keep rising up to be that person that God's called you to be what does the Bible say it says godliness with contentment is great gain don't let Riches and the cares of this world be the thing that motivates you and inspires you. The Lord wants you to know his hand of blessing. That blessing that comes at his hand is far better than anything else that you could run out and achieve for yourself. You know, that we talk about self-made men. Oh, he's a self-made man. Well, I gave up on being a self-made man a long time ago. And I found that my wife and my family loved me for it you know, trying to be a self-made man, you know. You know, we need to be able to give the Lord the glory. You know, we need to be able to honour him for what he's done in our lives. And we need to be able to be a person that speaks about that freely, not ashamed of the, you know, the, the gospel, because it's the power of God to salvation. And, you know, salvation, when you hear the word salvation, understand the word salvation means being made every bit whole. And that's his work in our lives. He's making us whole. He hasn't finished with you yet. If you've attained to some things and if you've reached a certain place, that's great. But don't say, well, I've made it now. I can just cruise because you're all wrong. He's still got more. And we found at the conference, he wants, to, he wants us to go from glory to glory. You know, from one degree of his glory in our lives to another higher degree. We have to keep going up. You know, we're called to, we're called to go up the hill of the Lord. And of course, the last one, and I'm going to finish on this. And look, it's only five parts, so just give me a break. That chicken in the oven will be fine, okay? So just, just hang in there with me for one more scripture. Mark chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Don't compare. We just looked at that. Don't compare. Don't look at what others are bearing, the fruit that they're bearing. You be focused on understanding what you need to do to start bearing fruit yourself. And it really does come down to believing, receiving, believing, and then releasing, saying, praying. Hearing God's word is how faith comes. Accepting it speaks of that attention that we give to it, not disregarding it or placing it, you know, uh, 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 you know at a lower level of importance in our lives because we, we're busy. We're all busy. But we need to give the word of God a great priority in our lives. And most importantly, giving it voice, speaking it out over our life and the life of our loved ones and our family, speaking that word out, because it's powerful when we do. It's powerful. Releasing the word of God right out over your, over your uh, marriage partner. You know, releasing the word of God out over your children and, and the school that they go to. Releasing the word of God and the promises of God. That's powerful. And we need to be busy about that job. 
if, if you're not doing it, we need to go back and check ourselves out and, and actually examine ourselves. What are we speaking at over our lives and families? If you're facing a problem at the moment, you should be speaking the, the, the end result that you want, not the, not the negative. That was the first thing I learned as I started to come around these truths and teachings, was Peter, shut up. First lesson, stop saying the things you were saying. And I, and I learned that. And not only that, and the thing that, I'll, I'll just give you a little uh, hint too. There's a scripture, and I can't think where it is. It's not on my notes. I can't re recall it right now. But it says that God's not a respecter of persons. And that particular scripture helped me to understand. It wasn't my station in life. It wasn't that I grew up on the right side of Marmion Drive. We, we joke about that, you know, we, you know, housing is different from one side of the street to the other, you know, just depending on where you are on Marmion Drive. It doesn't matter which side of Marmion Drive you grew up on, you know, or which suburb you grew up in or, you know, or, or, or what, you know, what, what your, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, cultural background is. It doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. Is that good news? I believe it's good news, you see, and not only that, but God is not a respecter of persons. What, what he has done for others who have stood on the word and prayed, received, believed, and then spoken the word of God out over their lives. And if you can read testimonies of it and get excited, don't worry, he'll do it for you too. It's the same principle. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not saying, oh, well, you know, it was unfortunate, but you were born on the wrong side of Marmion Drive. You were born on the wrong side of Mami and Ava, or you know, you were born in a, a rural area, so you can't expect to walk in the same blessing as that person. No, you need to fight back against those thoughts and say, No, I'm a child of God, I have an inheritance that I'm going to walk in, I'm going to start believing God's word at His word. And you know, understand that it is as we see if we will believe it, if we will speak it. Jesus said, you know, whatsoever things you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. Amen. It's good news, isn't it? I tell you, it changed, you know, that revelation changed my life around. It just spun it in a completely different uh, direction. And I believe that there might even be some here today who are saying, I'm going to change my way of thinking about the word of God. I'm going to start putting you to practice in a new, fresh way and approach it completely different. Go and blow the dust off that Bible, you know, and start getting into it on a daily basis and letting it, you know, sink in and then, and then getting it in our mouth where we start to speak it. Amen. It's a good way to go. So let's be those ones that bear fruit from the Word of God that God has sown in our lives. Amen. Father, we again thank you for this time. Lord God, we thank you for, Lord, the truths that have been um, in these pages today, Lord. Lord, truths that we can put into practice right now. Father, we thank you that, Lord, as we act upon your Word, Lord, we see the fruit from it. Lord, as we uh, believe it, Lord, as we receive it, we believe it, we speak it, as we say it and we pray it, Lord God, we thank you that it is through faith and patience that we inherit your promises and we walk in the light of your word, Father. We thank you for these things today, Lord God, and I, I pray for anyone that's just been maybe challenged today by this message to uh, look and see what they've been doing, Lord to recognize that maybe they haven't been the, the doer of the word that they should be. Lord, I pray for them, Father God, Lord, that you have a fresh start for them. Pray for them today, Lord God, that they would walk in that today, Lord God, that, that they would be that purpose, Lord, today, a fresh commitment uh, to you, Lord, to walk in your ways, to walk in your word, 
and to see the fruit of it, Father. To see and be one of those ones that bear fruit from it in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that today. Thank you, Heavenly Father.